Welcome to Episode Party, the podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Jack Tudor. I'm Freddie Harrison. And today, our guest is independent radio producer, Jonathan Zenti. Hi, Jonathan. Hi. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you may remember, if you're a loyal Episode Party listener, that we talked with rapturous enthusiasm about Jonathan's podcast Meet on a previous episode so we're really excited to have you on today Jonathan thanks for taking the time and your crazy busy editing schedule to fit us in that's great thanks to you it's a wonderful break uh, <laughs> to have between two work working sessions so I'm very happy about that you're welcome um, Freddie if you'd like to kick us off for our first episode really, for quite a while. Get us back into gear. Thanks, Jack. Um, So my recommendation for this episode is one of my all-time favourite podcasts. In fact, I think this was the podcast that got me into podcasts, and that's 99% Invisible. And it's funny because I think this episode, we have a bit of a Radiotopia-themed special in some ways, Um, and uh, 99% Invisible was where radiotopia started really and and for me it's where my kind of love with podcasts started um i'm not sure who recommended me this or whether i discovered it by myself but this was this was a good for four years ago now i think and 99 percent invisible is, you know is about the invisible side of design and architecture the things that you might not see or notice necessarily immediately um and like I say, I, I've listened to, I'm pretty sure, every episode since uh, I started listening about four years ago. Um, perhaps I've missed one or two. And I, I really, really love it. I really love it. And I, and, I, and it's been nice to see it as a podcast grow and change over the years. Um, you know, starting out with just Roman Mars almost on his own doing it, to, to having a team of people now who report and edit and, you know, there's there's all the great content that's on their website as well that supports it. And I just think it's such a wonderful show. And I think we've discussed before, Jack, that I I think not every episode I've, I've enjoyed as, as, as much as some of the, perhaps the earlier ones, but I, I still think it's just magical. And I, I, I always listen to it because I always know there's going to be a great story and it's going to be interesting. Um, um, and I think this is a lovely example because this isn't uh, an early episode. This is a later on episode. This is one that came out about this time last year, I think. And it's episode 246, which is Usonia 1. And it's about um, a house that Frank Lloyd Wright, the famous architect Frank Lloyd Wright, built. Um, and he's an interesting guy in himself. He's uh, yeah, it's certainly not a modest person. Um, or certainly wasn't a modest person in the way that he talked. And, you know, he had this bold vision to create houses and architecture that would change America through design. Um, and I think the houses look lovely. But I, I guess the, the the content of the podcast is, is incredible, but I just think as an example of what 99% Invisible does really well... This is this is Usonia One is a great place to start if you've never heard it before. It's just such a wonderfully put together show. Um, it can be witty. It can be uh, sometimes emotional. Not this particular episode, but I have definitely listened to episodes of Ninety Nine Percent Invisible, which deal with d- difficult or controversial or really interesting issues that you know, or just emotional issues sometimes. And I think they just do such a great job of it. And it's the the sound design is so well thought out, and it's really well put together. I love the music. Um, I think these were the, some of the episodes when they they had uh, a member of staff who was putting together music um, rather than. Putting music from other places and uh it's just it's just so lovely and i quite often at work i think roman mars did a great playlist on spotify of different music that he's used for 99 percent invisible over the years and uh i quite often listen to it at work because it's lovely music to work to and it's lovely music to listen to and um i think this is one of the only podcasts where i actively listen out for the 
the sponsors and stuff as well because I just like the reads of them. I think they're very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I just I just love it as a podcast. I think it's a, I think it's a really good podcast, and I think Usonia One is a is a really great starting point if you've never heard it before, and even if you have heard it and you're not as ardent a fan as I mean you don't listen to every episode I think the Usonia one and and the following episode Usonia the beautiful which are both about Frank Lloyd Wright's architecture and the houses he built and how they affected the people that lived there and how that's evolved over time because these are older houses now and they talk about people who've lived in these houses for a long time and what they've changed about them and I just think it's a great, a great, a great, a great episode of a of a really great podcast. Um, Jack, I know you listen to this, perhaps not as much as me, but I think you are still a big fan. So please, please confirm this. <laughs> <how> I said it. <laughs> how embarrassing if I said otherwise now? But it was like you. It's one of the first podcasts that I really got into way back in the day. And I think actually looking back, I remember the very first episode I heard, which was Purple Rain, which apparently is way back in 2012 that's ludicrous but i just remember being blown away by it because all i all i was really listening to up until that point was probably probably stuff you should know probably the ricky gervais podcast so people nattering in front of microphones and this is the first time i'd really heard something that had been consciously and artfully edited so as an almost magazine style with music woven into the narrative and and editing also used to give it this almost poetic undulation of of pacing and and also just as well to have this style of podcast focus on something which is so niche to the point where if you were to hear about that subject matter abstracted you'd be like why would i care about a you know and in this case for this first episode it was a purple hotel and you're like great then similarly they did one about the carpet at uh, uh, an airport wasn't it the pdx carpet and if someone just told you about the carpet without any of the finesse with which 99 percent invisible um put that across you'd be bored to tears but because of the way they put everything together then they make you care which i think is a real real skill to almost push back against your instinct to say look hey actually you can care about this if you're told about it in the right way interestingly I really don't listen to 99% Invisible anymore at all. And in fact, it's only with these recommendations that I listened back to the podcast again. I think the episode you picked was wicked. I listened to both parts because there was the second part, which was more about the inhabitants of Usonia, which is, you know, these little community-style clusters of these houses um, in New York, I think it was. That would seem to be back to the heyday, like the golden age of 99% Invisible, and maybe they still do a lot of episodes like that. But about architecture, uh, literally about, you know, buildings, and also in a way that as soon as the podcast finished, I mean, I was in my car, I couldn't pursue it right then, but I wanted to go on Google and see the houses for myself and be like, I want to see if the images that have been brought so vividly into my head whilst this podcast has been going on, actually have any basis in what's actually happening. And I think that's a sign of a really good podcast. I think it's a really cool podcast. It's much cooler than than I am. It just feels almost now, I feel like, in amongst all the podcasts that have so many different niches and vulnerabilities and working within this style, 99% Invisible sometimes feels like a bit of a vanilla state for me. Like, it's almost cool to the point of restrained, where, I don't know, the jokes are just so... Um, neatly pitched everything feels very curated and that's fine that's its aesthetic and that's its way of doing things but I think it's something that for me over time has just lost intrigue and there are some episodes where I get to the end and I'm like what have I taken from this really <laughs> it's just like all style but I still think it's a solid podcast and I and I don't think necessarily it's the podcast's fault that I'm not as interested as I was but um yeah obviously I'm grateful for the show to put me on the path of podcasting in the first place but um jonathan love to know what you think of this one okay before i tell anything else about any thing we are going to say uh it's honest to be clear with you that my ability to as a 
producer myself, a radio producer myself, and as a kind of uh, a kind of ambitious radio producer that I always try to do something new and that I didn't made before. My ability to enjoy, really enjoy a piece of audio is completely gone. I, mm. I cannot really, um, as a listener, um, have the right ears to see what I like or what I don't like. Oh, interesting. Um, I was writing down what you said about 90% invisible. So oh, well, now I can get something about their reaction and their feedbacks. Um, so I have never been a real big fan of 99% invisible, uh, but just because I'm not really into the topic or at least the main topic that they started from, like design uh-huh. and this stuff, uh, but I really like the way it's done. And I have always this sensation when I listen to um, to an episode, and it happens when, for example, there's a particular object or story that I'm interested in, like, oh, there's an episode about the audio cassette, so I'm going to listen to that mm. episode because uh, I know I'm going to find something interesting about something I'm interested to. And the sensation I have is like when you have a sober designated driver taking you home when you are uh, drunk, that you can sit quietly in the back seat and you know that you are going to be uh, to have a safe journey <laughs> and at, at, at the end of the episode you are gonna have you're gonna be satisfied about what you have listened to <laughs> um, and it's very even more than radiolab because I with radiolab I have the the feeling that sometimes they are overproducing some stories mm. or for example now there are some issues on a couple of stories that they have uh, like they, they have been too uh, simple and easy on some historic matters uh, just to be more entertaining. Uh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. what, what Roman Mars and, um, and Sam Grispan were always able to do for me is the, like the, the, the right balance between producing skill and simplicity that gives you the right feeling to like that you are mm, I feel that I'm forgiving that I'm listening to something cool that I'm just <laughs> en- enjoying something and then at the end say oh my god what I've listened to is it was really cool uh, and yeah and well done and produced so I, I think it's very important but what what Jack was uh, was saying it's a very big open topic for podcast producers i think because uh, we we especially in europe we have this big elephant in the room that is the public uh, service broadcasting companies Mm -hmm. and up to 10 years ago you were listening to what they decided you to have to listen to so there were program that went on on radio for 15 20 30 years just because the managers decided that 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 slot had to be filled with that program now uh in the podcast uh, era a program has to ref- to think about in the direction that it is taking and the way it is growing and what is what is happening to its own listeners? Mm. Are they growing? Are they changing? How can I surprise them? Uh, because uh, there's also the the sponsors' pace that you have to take because they, the sponsors want you to have regular episodes coming out um, uh, not far from each other, like with it, like two every month at least, uh, to be present as a sponsor with listeners but it's hard under the creative point of view and i think that's one of the reason that radiotopia has uh, some shows that are going off for a while so yeah it's interesting because i have this this uh, feeling about 99% invisible and other podcasts that i really liked a couple of years ago and i'm not following them anymore even if i still like them but yeah. they, i i don't have reasons to go back to them every time um, and so yeah it, it is very interesting but um, just to to to, to close 
what I think about 90% Immutable and uh, I, I didn't talk about the episodes um, actually but the general podcast is that the main thing that they were able to, able to do was to at, at the um, rocket point of their career or their producing career as a podcast makers they decide to collect other creative podcasts around them mm. and create a community that it's um, quite unusual unusual especially especially for the American point of view where the competition it's very natural in business so when 99% Invisible was already collecting a lot of money in crowdfunding campaigns they decided to open uh, this crowdfunding to other creative podcasts and I think that was a kind of especially for us European because I like to say that Radiotopia is the American company that has more success in Europe or at least has more has more like uh, takes more um, brings more awards for example mm-hmm. uh, that was really a revolution for their uh, business models in podcasting uh, so that's what I really like about what Roman Mars had made with this podcast that's awesome I mean I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up at the end because I think there are a lot of podcasts that perhaps would have taken longer to find such a big audience without 99% invisible and the and the crowdfunding campaigns that they were doing and the forming of Radiotopia and all that and I think you know there are a lot of podcasts that Jack and I I know both enjoy that um have started because of that so um yeah yeah it's funny and i think you know what you said jonathan about feeling like uh you know you're in the back of a car and there's a designated driver taking you home after a night out i think that sums up a lot about what i feel about 99 invisible which is that it is a safe bet as far as a podcast goes if i see 99 invisible in my feed of new episodes i know that it's going to be it might not challenge me as a listener it might not be too unusual or too different, but um, if I'm feeling perhaps a little vulnerable or a bit tired, or I just want something that's a bit comforting that I know, it's a lovely place to be. Um, and I think it's about that balance. And I think uh, I think there are podcasts out there that that do the opposite, and and we need them as well. And yeah, I think I think you've uh, you've summed it up really well. Hearing from both of you, I think what's quite interesting is the fact that it is a podcast that relates to the idea of design and i think jonathan's point about the overproduction of something like radiolab on occasion is interesting because i think for radiolab there's no almost artistic incentive to rein it back in i mean they can go overboard if they want and in fact a lot of their stuff sound like movie trailers that have been spun out into half an hour and by the end of it you almost need like a sick bag but with 99 percent invisible because it is about architecture and design and having a subject matter where space is as important as presence and the gaps between things count for so much in design and having that as your subject matter and then to completely uh, exhibit a misunderstanding of that by overloading your audio space would be crazy and again the you know the idea of the designated driver as well i mean the fact that it's a podcast that almost fits around you as a listener it's a comfortable experience that understands um you as a listener and where you're going how you're going to feel snug and comfortable and i think that as well is uh, very interesting from from the perspective of people who are uh, very interested and fascinated by design and the idea i guess of accommodating human beings so I think that is why it does feel just like a, you know, a nice comfy pair of slippers, doesn't it, every now and then. And like you say, Freddie, it's not always something that I'm after. But there are some times where I'm driving home, I didn't get barely any sleep the night before, and you know what, I'm like, I can't be fucked to learn anything, just take me into 99% Invisible and I'll be happy. And that's when it comes in handy. Jonathan, you you recommended a podcast that I don't know about Jack, but has provided me with uh, <laughs> a good hour by now of, of of brilliant entertainment. I'd love to say it was hours, but they're so short that it doesn't doesn't last that long. But I I, I loved it, and I and I, I want you to tell us about it. Um, yes, tell please. us about uh, tell us about your recommendation and why you recommended it. 
Yeah, uh, first I, I'd like to say that your uh, podcast format is very mean to your guests. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> because it's very hard to pick up just one um, recommendation. And I really struggled a lot. And I made a kind of competition on a, a paper sheet. Like, okay, I start from 10 and then 8 and then 5. And then I was really struggling between my what is my... Uh, actually, actual favorite podcast of all the time that it's the heart. Uh, but then I thought, uh, if I'm not going to talk about the other uh, finalists, nobody's going to do it. Uh, so, and <laughs> probably the the heart is the favorite podcast of someone else. So maybe in the future, someone else will talk about it. And so I decided to talk about whatever happened to pizza at McDonald's as the official presentation says it's a podcast about whatever happened to pizza at mcdonald's <laughs> that it's the clearest presentation i've ever read and um, so i read a couple of articles talking about I, I i remember especially an article that said forget about uh adnan sayed and richard simmons uh <laughs> whatever happened to pizza mcdonald's is the real mystery solving podcast you need and so i said oh my god i i i have to look into it and i and i thought it was like something like with a funny title but with a real mystery behind and actually like and with real, because there's a real mystery behind, but there's uh, like a serious mystery. And I was listening to it on, my, on the bus going to work. And I realized that people were looking at me <laughs> like I was a weird guy <laughs> laughing by himself in the bus at eight in the morning. Like it, and I listened to the first five episodes and I have to drop out the bus to laugh. <laughs> uh, and it, after the, the, the episode that I recommended is the, the fifth episode because there's something really brilliant and unexpected that happened there. Mm. And after I listened to the first season the first time, I went back on it because I thought, okay, what happened to me? Because I really liked it and I was tweeting with a couple of colleagues and friends and we were like running very fast uh, one episode after the other. Uh, what episode are you? Oh, episode 10 and 15 and 25 because the episodes are very short. And so I had to look into it. Like, why did I like it so much? And the reason why I like it so much is that Behind this um, comic curtain, because it's a comic podcast and it's made by a comedian uh, um, called Brian Thompson, there's very well-shaped um, structure that says anything about all the mistakes we made when we are working on a podcast and when we are dealing with our listeners. So it's a kind of card trick that you you take away a serious topic and you place an apparently um, silly topic and you show all the mechanism behind a, a story making and a storytelling uh, podcast and uh, uh, and for example it I've listened to it the same time I was listening to S Town that I didn't like when I was listening to it. And because I felt that the producer was driving me around without showing me really anything with a consistency. Uh, and so I was able listening to um, to whatever happened to Pizza and McDonald's to reflect on mechanism of storytelling. And it's also very it's smarter than it it seems because for example i i don't want to spoil too much but uh in the f first four episodes the host is saying this this podcast is part of the panoply network <laughs> and i didn't realize that i wasn't listening to it on a panoply uh platform i was listening to it on soundcloud and then and on the the official image like the the cover image of the podcast there was a panoply logo and then in the fifth episode the, brian thompson is reading uh, a mail he had received by the panoply network 
uh, that is uh, suggesting him to quit, to stop using the Panoply name in his podcast because it's not part of the Panoply and w- w- uh, the Panoply network. And what Brian Thompson does, it's there must be a mystery beyond that. If they are telling me that I'm not part of the Panoply network, and that's actually what was happening. When I listened to that episode the second time, I was listening to Nest Town and I said, this is exactly what I don't like about Nest Town, that at the end of every episode, the the host is telling me there must be something else about this gold mystery. And then the, this, the episode after, there were no mysteries about uh, the gold. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's like... Uh, I really like that I had this furious reaction listening to it for the first time. I wasn't expecting anything. And then, of course, after f- 20 episodes, like uh, the, the second season became a parody of the second season of Serial. And then it, like, it gets lost in a way. <laughs> but the, f- the first season, I think it's really amazing. And it's uh, I'm using it a lot in my uh, trainings about radio to show how this uh, like what's behind the horse wizards curtain when you are uh, working on a story structure and how to build a story and uh, and i think it's amazing and the last thing i would like to say is that it's really an investigative investigative journalism podcast that changed the history because the two last places where they were serving pizza the two last mcdonald's that were serving pizza in United States are now they were forced to shut down because no! the st- no. the story went viral and there were like dozens of people taking flights to go there and and try the pizza and so the one in uh, I don't remember the one in Ohio I think and they they were like uh, recommended by the uh, McDonald's company to shut down their independent pizza production because uh, the story went viral oh and my God. before the, po- the before that podcast nobody knew about that so even if about that silly question, it changed the history the same way that serial changed the Adnan process history. So that's <laughs> it's it was effective in his like in his field, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So I've listened to twenty episodes at this point. Um, and that theme music is in my head all the time to the point where it's starting to disturb me and I think people around me in that I will just now hum little bits of it. But I, I begun to find it quite creepy, actually. I mean, the whole podcast, to be honest, to me, has this almost like David Lynch sort of... <laughs> like suburban um, restraint to it where it's just everything is very mellow and okay but it feels like that the podcast is going to snap at any moment and there are even inklings of that in certain episodes that I've listened to where in fact there's this real mellow quality to it which is all going to give way at any moment I mean there's so many layers to this podcast um, which after I listened to episode one, I could never have predicted that it would be going in so many different directions. But, um, I mean, I, I absolutely love it. I mean, it reminds me a lot of... Um, there are a few comedians I can think of. I mean, Stuart Lee, for example, a British comedian who uses repetition as a means of repeating the same thing over and over again until it almost loses all meaning, uh, becomes hilarious, becomes even more hilarious, becomes absurd, and, and almost comes to a point where you just start to question everything about it. It's just, it's a really powerful device, and I think Brian uses it really effectively here by drilling down into the same subject every single time. He pulls you through so much. I mean, I've you know listening to this podcast first i find it you know trivial the fact that he's asking this question and then funny that he continues to ask this question about what happened to pizza at mcdonald's and then almost heartbreaking in the fact that there is someone who um even through just a fictional persona is dedicating a ridiculous amount of time to this question and there's almost a sense that you know much like i guess you say with s town 
or other podcasts that investigate certain mysteries. There's a sense of postponing the obvious means of asking the question in order to fabricate a narrative and to keep the listener listening. But in this particular instance, I mean, it's so obvious how you find out the answer. And in fact, I think in one of the first episodes, he gets the answer he's looking for. And in fact, multiple times he tells you the answer to the question. Um, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, really. But then either just keeps the podcast going by disregarding the answer as coming from an unreliable source, or just forgets that the question was ever answered and continues the next episode to ask the question again. I mean, you're in this insane loop but you feel like you're almost never escaped from to finding out what happened to Pizza and McDonald's. Another thing that's just come into my head as a potential parallel is there's that Black Mirror episode where that person's forced to relive this strange, dystopian, quite horrific reality over and over again and is sedated at the end of each night and had their memory wiped and then comes back in the next day to do it all over again and there's almost a sense that whatever happened to Pizza and McDonald's is almost almost like that like he's almost like stuck within asking this question obsessively over and over again so one other thing i wanted to say i love this podcast so i'm going to keep listening to it because I, I just think it's so artfully done but um at the end of each episode he does a call out to listeners to get them to contact him and say uh, you know, if you're someone who knows what happened to Peter McDonald's, and there's a point where he says, how did it taste? But he phrases it in a way which is, is supposed to be a question, but he almost like... <laughs> it's almost like he fucks it up. And he's, he says it almost like, how did it taste? Like that. And every single time it jars and kind of makes me smirk. But I just... He says it like a declarative statement. It makes no sense. Um, and also, any time that he takes down a telephone number or takes down some information while he's yes. on the phone, is <laughs> as soon as I hear he's about to write something down, I start, like, belly laughing in my car because I know what he's about to do. Um, this <laughs> so, I, I yeah, so if that didn't put it across, in summary, I absolutely love it. But, Freddie, what do you think of this podcast? I feel like we've all been taken in by something utterly ridiculous. <laughs> and I think that's True. what makes us so great is that, you know, it, it like you say, Jack, in, in episode three, the answer is there. And it's such a simple answer. And in fact, I think I remember chatting to you, Jack, when uh, Jonathan, you first sent over this recommendation. I was chatting to Jack at the time and and I said, hang on. There's like 20 odd episodes here. Like, how how have we got this far <laughs> with this? How is there so much information about Peter McDonald's? And I hadn't even noticed the like the timestamp on them, so I didn't know that they were only five minutes long. And I, but then, but the fact that you can get that far and and knowing that the answer has been given in episode three, and you're still <laughs> listening, speaks a lot to like how much we're taken in by the kind of uh, yeah the the mystery uh, genre in podcast because it, it it it's so it's so clear cut and so simple and in fact i even googled whatever happened to pizza at mcdonald's pretty quickly or something like that and and the answer is all over a mcdonald's official website because they have a thing where people can write in and ask questions and they'll answer there and then so it's it's so clear from from very early on but it's just everything about the podcast that makes it so listenable even though you know that ultimately it's fruitless for its original purpose it's never going to answer the question beyond the answer that we've already got um except that now it's changed real life and you know <laughs> life imitating art and all the rest of it we now don't have any mcdonald's that sell pizza um but i, I just and and yeah the the, the parody of podcasts in general is is so perfect i i think the uh the sponsor reads oh, yeah. are just brilliant <laughs> they start off so sincere and then and then before you realize they're nowhere near sincere and i love that i like that whole i love that i just find it so funny and like you say jack the, the, the moments where he has to take down a telephone number that just i know what's coming and every time it gets me and every time part of me is just screaming at 
my speaker, please just just hurry up. This person is not enjoying their life right now. And it's but it's just so good. And I yeah, I really loved it. And I think, Jonathan, you you're quite correct. I think you said in our little document that we sent around that it it just it just highlights, you know, uh, how ridiculous we can be as producers or listeners. Um I don't know that Jack and I have never really uh worked on story driven um podcasts in any respect. We we just chat about stuff we love um which is a bit easier to to work although we sometimes make it difficult um but uh i can i can totally see you know from having listened to things like s town and and serial which you know i i wasn't i enjoyed the first season but didn't so much the second and and s town was was good um but i can see you know it's it, it takes a podcast like this to see the ridiculousness of it all so um i think in that sense it's it's a it's a good antidote to uh the amount of praise that, that we give them from time to time it's good to take a good, kind of a, a funny satirical look at the whole podcasting genre as a whole i really enjoyed it there's another couple of things that I, i'd like to underline one is that uh like because it, it, it was as it worked like it really worked as a investigative journalism podcast it was able to follow and have fun of all the others podcasts how can i say like all the stuff that podcast producers do thinking that they are cool so for example this thing of splitting the seasons and i remember that the first episode of seasons two was launched the day after the last episode of season one like the the day after it just say okay now today it's season two and <laughs> with no meaning at all and the other thing is that at certain point it started a crowdfunding campaign so yeah. having fun of all the the nice things we we had talked about like 20 minutes ago uh he made fun of that as well because he made a crowdfunding campaign to go there and taste pizza and and he made a real crowdfunding campaign with people donating money for that like taking a car go there and taste a slice of pizza and uh, so yeah i really like that he never have fun of himself uh, as a producer like he take the story so seriously uh, and it force you as listener to be serious with him even if you know it's just a game but you it's like if you say that it's a game the the game ends and you, <laughs> you you don't feel you don't ever feel that you can say it even on twitter and even like because the way the way he replied to your tweets because he did he does every time every time you tweet about something he replies back so as a producer myself and as a also podcast producer moving his first steps in the podcast uh, scene i i felt myself naked like oh my god they someone had discovered everything they know, they know i have all the tricks so how can i do it now so i really like that so i'm happy that you are at episode 20 because i asked you to listen just to first five episodes yeah and before so. i knew they were three minutes long i was like that's a bit of a you know a cocky ask of, of us but then suddenly i was 10 minutes into my journey on my bus and i was like i'm on episode five amazing but um i noticed that one of the rewards on that kickstarter as well was that he would go and eat the pizza and say your name between bites of the pizza which sounds like an incredible <laughs> reward i wish i'd been on board for that great well we've got one more recommendation today um which is mine and the podcast that i've put forward is called ways of hearing um which originally featured on showcase which is radiotopia's as far as i understand it's radiotopia's curated platform for podcast series around the world so they um, put forward you know short podcast series uh, as a way of bringing them to a wider audience and ways of hearing is a podcast hosted by damien krakowski 
who is the drummer of, uh, or was the drummer of Galaxy 500, who were a pretty big band at the ten of the 90s. Uh, he's also the writer for places like The Wire and Pitchfork as well. And the podcast is about the nature of listening in our digital world. So each episode gets given this really broad title like love, money, time, space. Uh, and in each episode, Damon looks into the ways that we use, I guess we use our ears to interact with these concepts and how that's changed as we transited into the digital age. So the reason I love it is it manages to convey what's essentially some pretty nebulous ideas through some really vivid examples. I mean, taking a topic like love, I think, as a basis for what you're going to do for your episode is, is you know, putting yourself quite a task ahead of you. But I think he does a wonderful job. And one of the way that he actually does this is um, through illustrating the point through the uh, all the sounds that surround his voice while he's talking. And one of those is... Um, I think it comes up in this noise episode, in fact. He does these, composes these like MIDI digitized versions of certain pieces of music to illustrate a point. So the Beach Boys song, Here Today, he first plays a clip of the original song and then plays this really MIDI version to sort of demonstrate the fact that when you boost the volume of it, all you're getting is um, the sound of the instruments. You don't get any of the nuance, which is on the detail that's hidden in behind the music. Um, so yeah, this episode that I recommended, as I say, is called Noise, and it basically explores the relationship between signal, or the like intended object of listening uh, in any given listening experience, and noise, which is the stuff that you want to tune out as a listener. Uh, and he does some wonderful interviews in order to do this. So like I said, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, uh, he features. Uh, there's also Steve Albini, the producer and shellac guitarist, who does this great little anecdote about electromagnetic interference that uh, he had at his studio, Electrical Audio. And actually as well, uh, during another episode, the Love episode, there's an interview with Roman Mars where he talks about how he came to have his radio voice and how it evolved out of the fact that he did this really early uh, like 4am radio show um where he, he'd wake up and be very groggy and have this croaky voice and i just learned to go with that really and to maximize the elements of that voice which people found so appealing i just think it's beautifully made i think the editing is chaotic we spoke a bit about podcasts being overloaded earlier but i think it's done in such a way which it always serves a purpose here um and what I also really enjoy is the fact that while usually with other podcasts the presenter's voice is a, a fixed kind of anchored element which remains unchanged as audio swirls all around, actually the presenter voice is brought into the experience of demonstrating a point so um, his voice is like bit crushed down or it's EQ'd or something happens to uh, Damon's voice in order to illustrate exactly what he's talking about which like I say, with these broad, kind of difficult subjects a lot of the time, it's really awesome to have a very quick and vivid analogy straight in front of you. So, yeah, I thought this one was really great. But, um, yeah, Jonathan, what did you think of this podcast? Um, I'm really happy that you forced me to listen to it because I had <laughs> um, showcase in my uh, listening queue for a while and I was like, okay, I have to start listening to it. And... At the beginning, at the for the first episode, I was like, I was really, oh my god, it's too hard. Like, I I, I can't hear a lesson about sound now. Also, because I I listen to podcasts usually between like when I'm going to work or when I come out of work. So I'm I, I really need something that chill me out. So I. I uh, the, my impression after the during the first episode, it was that I was uh, listening to a masterclass about sound, <laughs> and then after the second episode, I started to go into it very deeply, and uh, I needed to listen to it with my earphones, um, so I couldn't listen to it distractly while I was doing some something else at my home. I needed to stay focused and. Uh, I really enjoyed the episodes because they are they were like exploring uh, fields that I 
never explored before like money and power episodes they were telling me something that I really didn't know and I and the nice thing is that after the sixth episode I was able to connect some dots that I never connected before uh, I, I had some knowledge about this and that and that but the way he he told the stories and um, the way he tells the story uh, about going into the digital age and all that comes after um, this uh, when what we are going to face in the digital era uh, starting from now and going to the future uh, it's like really connecting connecting some dots that I, I I never thought that in the same space before that listening mm. and that there there was also some like nerdy stuff that i like because i used to listen to galaxy 500 and i really like steve albini so when they were talking I was, oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> and uh, so yeah that it, it was um interesting to me as well because uh, again for the European uh, radio culture that has this long and important history of public radio, we still have the need to use radio as a tool to um, deliver some public service. And that product is a perfect example in how you you can do something entertaining, but at the same time you can make your listening your listener grow and make them know something that they didn't know before and mm. uh, so it, it's a good example uh, what I'm guessing is um, for example one of the questions I had was is it the right uh, podcast to start a slot like showcase in Radiotopia uh, because it's not very entertaining at the beginning There's, mm, there isn't something strong or uh, there isn't a big question like for example now I'm following I'm started following uh, the the third series that it's called the secrets and it because it's made by martin johnson that it's one of my favorite radio producers and there's a big question in the big episode like there's a mystery that you want to solve and so it's very catchy as a first uh series i found it very brave uh from from them to start with something very it's it's kind of an educational podcast even even if it's very entertaining and so now i'm i'm suggesting to some friends to listen to it and uh, telling them i i'll be there for the first two episodes i will uh, take your hands and i will force you to stay there and to because with with the podcast we don't want we don't want like we really like to be entertained from the beginning and uh, it's something that is changing in our listening habits but I, I really liked it and I'm really happy that uh, Radiotopia invested in, in that series because it's very very interesting and it's like reflecting on what we are doing as listener what you are listening to a podcast so I found it very important oh fantastic that's great um, Freddie what did you reckon yeah, I I really love this. I remember there being um, the first episode on this was actually featured as a kind of guest episode on Ninety Nine Percent Invisible, um, <laughs> the one the one about time and the difference between kind of uh, our real world time and and digital time and the kind of nuances of that and the the weirdness of that at times. So. And I, I remember listening to it and enjoying it and all the rest of it, um, but I didn't didn't really think about it again. And, and uh, much like Jonathan, I'm really glad that, uh, you know, as so often kind of happens on episode party, that you put me in a position where I had to go and seek this out and, and listen to it because I really, really loved the noise episode. So much so I actually listened to it three times just to kind of really Whoa. get my head around. Well, I wanted to get my head around everything that went on within it. Um, because there is a lot going on. I think you're right. And um, but it's funny because when you're talking about the um, the kind of modulation that's you know that's being done on his voice on um, on Damon's voice, I, I, it's it's there. But I, I mean, I wasn't. It wasn't so obvious to me that it distracted me. I didn't think. Mm. Oh no. I, I, I'm not. I'm not paying attention. I can't. I can't deal with this. I, I, I kind of. I remember it being there, and I remember the more I listened to this podcast, the more I came to appreciate that the sound 
and and the sound design that's been done and the and and the kind of little compositions like you say about the kind of little versions of songs and stuff um are so brilliantly paired with what he's saying to help illustrate points and i think um especially when you're talking about things that to do with music production and things like that which are subjects which i have interest in have a little bit of background in but not a lot and I, I know you have a little bit more jack but i i think it's a really really helpful thing and in that situation it's really really nice i think that um as we've kind of talked around this evening like there there are a lot of podcasts that will go and do things with people's voices or do things with music for the sake of just being kind of to kind of almost to keep your attention to kind of keep you listening but without too much meaning and i think some of the really really good podcasts that make use of sound and modulation of voices and all that kind of stuff are the ones that do it to illustrate a very specific point and i think you know ways of hearing is one of those podcasts um yeah i i really really enjoyed it um so annoyingly i've listened to episode one and i've listened to episode six and my intention was to listen to more of them and then i just got stuck on this loop of listening to the episode six over and over again because i uh i was listening to it kind of like two weeks apart like i listened to it two weeks ago and then i listened to it a little bit earlier than that i just i just wanted to come back to it again to kind of refresh my memory and and but every time i found something else to appreciate about it which i really really enjoyed i you know particularly loved um some of the bits about the beach boys and and those bits where it's talking about the the stuff that the mic picks up which is kind of unintended and those little chats they have and things like that um i really enjoyed those and um you know i i like that the whole uh subject matter really extends beyond sound in a way you know signal versus noise is a really interesting concept uh outside of of the field of just hearing mm. I, I think you know yeah, it, it happens and people talk about it a lot um you know with with things like twitter and stuff like that where we're, we're trying to find uh what's important amongst a lot of chatter and a lot of nonsense and and um but i think you know bringing it back to this 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 original kind of meaning is is really lovely and i love the bit where he goes through all the different ways that we get noise um so like you know the the static on the radio and the kind of the crackle of the of, of vinyl records and stuff like that i really enjoyed that and it was nice to point out all those things and and funnily enough you know some of those are some of those are kind of like things that people strive for like i quite like the kind of warmth and the crackle of of vinyl records um in the way that sometimes I don't enjoy uh, the cleanliness and the the clinical nature of digital music, and I know they brought that up with um, with some of the Beach Boys stuff as well. Um, and I think it's nice to explore that and explore that. You know, sometimes although we're kind of pitting signal versus noise in a way that we always want signal, we don't ever want noise. That's mm. not always the case, and actually there's a balance to be had in certain situations and actually the noise is what adds authenticity and uh warmth and all those things that we take for granted when we're listening to things and then once they're removed we we start to feel a bit differently yeah i think what's great and what you were kind of as well talking about there is how it could have turned into a podcast which felt a bit nostalgic and preachy and a bit oh, we don't listen in the way that we used to and all oh, Spotify's ruining everything and we're not listening like we should be. And, and it could have, I think if it had been done wrong, it could have been done in a way which sounded like it was slipping into insignificance. But I think it really takes a very detailed and loving look at the debate in such a way where he has a lot to say about what's happening as we transit into digital means and it isn't just this sort of panicked shriek of like oh my gosh everything's changing it's a really contemplative look at what is changing and the real quality of experience there's so much stuff out there about that kind of thing at the moment and i think it's interesting as well jonathan it sounds like you know the the way that you want to encourage your friends to listen to this is almost like a microcosm of the very subject matter of the podcast where there is a real celebration of listening in this and listening in a dedicated way which i think it also conveys through the very podcast itself and the way that it's put together as well well 
This has been really wonderful. I mean, before we before we go today, we'd love to just say, I mean, firstly, how much we love Meet Jonathan. It's such a wonderful podcast. And in fact, I haven't seen anything apart from just absolute rave reviews from anyone <laughs> who it's touched. So, I mean, I mean, you must be so chuffed about this great feedback from, I mean, I've seen, you know, places like The Guardian and Bellow Collective saying how much they love it. It must be really great. Yeah, it's very strange because it's about they are all comments about something that doesn't exist yet, and so I think that it's the f- <laughs> the first case in history that the Guardian says that it's one of the best podcasts of the year, and it it doesn't exist. And as, <laughs> uh, so I'm very um, honored, and uh, it, it really helped helped me because it's uh, so far it's. Uh, self-finance project uh, because everything started from the uh, Radiotopia's contest at what's called podcast. It was a X factor for podcasts mm-hmm. uh, in the way it was structured. So I had a, a couple of ideas running through my mind and I was talking about them with some international colleagues because there's um, some years ago I started with some colleagues from other countries this meeting called MIRP it's a meeting of international radio producers there's this there are these session of um, sharing ideas and I had this couple of ideas running through my head and I I've talked about with some of my colleagues and the call that you had to feel to participate to podcast was really detailed and so I said okay it's a it's a good um occasion to lay out my my idea and to to write down what I have in my mind so I I wrote the the project and I sent it and then after the deadline they tweeted that they they received like 1537 I think uh proposals and so I say okay it's done and then after a couple of <laughs> okay I can go to the beach and swim <laughs> and <laughs> And uh, after a couple of months, they they wrote me an email that I was one of the ten semi-finalists, and I have to do um, an interview uh, with Roman Mars, Julie Shapiro, and other uh, people from the PRX staff. And I made the interview, and then they told me that I was one of the four finalists and from then they I had a budget to realize three pilots and I have to follow uh, all their so it was like the greatest experience of my life of course uh, um, I had to follow their seminars about business models and uh, financing a podcast and then I had two three months to work on my pilot episodes and then there was this final examination uh, by a jury composed by different people and it was very well done i don't want i don't have time to go into details but it was very well thinked and uh, they really shaped the contest in a way that the better was able to win and that's what happened because here Astol was the one uh, that win the contest and I think it's one of the best thing that we have heard in 2017 Um, so I I found myself with these three drafts of pilot episodes and but Radiotopia was selecting just the winner and so I I spoke to some of um, from Radiotopia and then others in Europe, and they all suggested me uh, to work on a first season without searching for any uh, sponsors and just to to have the freedom to shape my idea. So I started to do that. I uh rearranged the first episode and i was planning to launch other episodes at the at the beginning of last fall and the heart was uh asked me to uh use the the pilot episode of meat in one of their season about body parts and so we added this kind of agreement that they were playing the episode in august and i was launching my uh my stuff at the beginning of september 
for October and I was working on that but then uh, Italian public radio asked me to follow they, they wanted to launch their first serialized podcast and they want me they wanted me to to lead the group that was working on that so I had to put this self-finance project aside for a while oh, wow. I'm I, I'm working on this radio drama about Frankenstein coming back <laughs> nowadays because because the end of the book of Mary Shelley's book is that Frank, uh, the 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 beast uh, girl in the eyes after he had killed his father uh, but now we 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 are melting the ice that he he was living for 200 years and so he's forced to come back to civilization and he goes in a family living in the fields like to kind of be an organic family and so and he started to have this friendship with their teenage daughter so wow. it's a 20 episode <laughs> yeah it's a kind of strange story uh it's a 20 episode uh podcast so it's quite long and it's a old-fashioned radio drama so i have to to work with all the sounds and actors so it's very demanding but i'm closing it, uh, the, the production at the end of January and then I can come back on meet and I have like a first season of six episodes I'm working on that will be it will be all about external parts of the body so the first episode was about my my fat the fat around my my body and my belly and and then I have other episodes about uh, one guy who is one of my best friends uncle who decided to have dreadlocks when he was 69 Wow. Uh, and there's a huge story behind that uh, and then I'm following other stories about external parts of the body and as I, I'm planning so I'm just I don't I'm not doing the recording yet but I'm planning to work on other four uh, series for the next future and see like I, I know for sure that I'm uh, um, uh, delivering the first six episodes, and then I'll see if I if it's better to go with a crowdfunding to to pay part of the production or to search for a sponsor. I will see, and I I want to be to have the the freedom to see what is going to happen. Also because I'm really. Um, I know that the first episode was listened mostly from United States from my, from my stats uh, because it was aired on the heart probably mm. but I'm really I really want to work on it as a European podcast in English and uh, so I want to see what kind of reaction I have from Europe and see if I can I don't know the, the best way to fund the money to work on it um, so yeah I remember that in the episode party episode about me you were wondering if I died or if, <laughs> if I lost my way no nothing bad happened it's just that I had to uh, to work on something else for a while because I have uh, a rent to pay and all this stuff but um, of course. it's sti it's still in my heart and waiting for me in a box like <laughs> Like and Frankenstein's monster, <laughs> <laughs> waiting to be thawed out again, <laughs> and staring at me every morning. Like, is it now? Is it today? The day that you are taking care of me? No, it's not today. So. <laughs> Back in your box. <laughs> oh wow! Well, it's like I say. I mean, that's fantastic to know that. Um, not only is your podcasting talent being applied for that serialized podcast in Italy, but that also meet is due to be returning i certainly really look forward to to listening to it and freddie i know you enjoyed it as well i'm sure you're looking forward yes. to seeing that return very much so that's a relief i'm looking forward because it's it's where i can be 100 myself so i'm looking forward to write the stuff i want to write and to play the music uh, so i don't have to deal with copyrights and uh, <laughs> and do the edit the the way i like to do the edit and so i'm really looking forward to work again on that and the first thing that I say on the first episode, like I, it's a kind of, of a spoil. It that's 
it's never going to happen that I'm going to make another episode as good as the first one. So <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for everyone who is expecting something as good as the first one, it's never going to happen. Like, <laughs> I, the level is like it's going to normalize itself by, by itself. <laughs> So now, now it's going to be a, a, a normal storytelling podcast about bodies and in illness and this kind of stuff. Well, regardless, we cannot wait. I'm sure it'd be wonderful. <laughs> you did set yourself an incredible standard with it. So, um, yeah, we look forward to it returning. But if people want to keep in touch with you or keep up to date with what you're up to and perhaps reach out, where's the best place for them to go, Jonathan? There's a website for Meet that it's meetpodcast.com and there's a, uh, an email there and there's a newsletter you can sign up to have news about Meet and also to have to receive some special contents uh, whenever I launch new episodes just for the subscribers and then I have Everything else that I'm doing sometimes are stuff in Italian or in English. So sometimes you can read something you don't understand. Don't worry. But but everything mm -hmm. is on my my name. So Jonathan Zenti. I have my Twitter and uh, Facebook page uh, where I I write all the stuff that I'm working on, uh, and I can be reached there. It's very easy. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been wonderful to have you. Thanks to you, it was a very wonderful chance to explore my tastes in podcasts. Great, brilliant. Shall I, shall I do the prerequisite? You can, if you're if you're still wondering how you find us, even though you're listening to episode party, we are at episode dot party on the internet, and we are episode underscore party on Twitter. Um, so if you want to tweet us, please do. But I would more than recommend that you instead go and follow Jonathan Zenti and go to meetpodcast.com and check out that first episode and sign up for the uh, newsletter as well. Um, I think that's about it, Jack, isn't it? That's very much it, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey everyone, Freddy here. If you're enjoying Episode Party, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot to us and it really helps us out. Thanks. Thanks.